folks. Welcome to a brand new episode of Bullet Point 716. This is the basketball edition. Uh, tonight's show sponsor, Wester Automotive. I'm your host, Degenerate L. I'm with Ty B and Kevin Masseri after a monster win this weekend for the UB Bulls, knocking off Harvard at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, 88 to 76. UB now moves to two and one on the season. Uh, and you know, Kevin, I'll start it with you, but. It kind of looks like that Dartmouth game, you could almost mark that down as a fluke because, you know, UB putting up 88 points against Harvard, that's the way you really want to see this offense get rolling. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a bad loss. There's no other way around it. I, I, I said coming in, I think on our pre, pre-show pre or at least some point around there that they were returning all their starters and they, they're going to be sneaky. They scored a lot of points last year and Dartmouth came in and then um, played a lot of good defense um, in that game. And and they're playing defense to start the year. They're 206 in the Ken Palm right there. It's it's a fluky loss, guys. Um, you go right into this big Harvard win. And I mean, there's no other way around it. And they played really good. They played poor for the first 10 minutes, 10 to 15, like that Dartmouth game. But an 87, a win over on neutral floor on an 87 ranked Harvard team, uh, Ken Palm. And could be a quad one neutral win. We'll see how that all plays out. Um, right, even it's pretty much even with 76 UConn coming up. So it, got, it, it was a good win. Um, they played a super 25 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes, and starting to right the ship after that Dartmouth game put us in the hole. I mean, if they would have won that, they, they'd be sitting you know semi pretty in the out of conference schedule. So big game, um, big games in Charleston. Oh, huge games coming up here in Charleston. Oh yeah. And that win in Harvard was huge to get back going in the right direction. Um, obviously, you had that tune-up in between against Nav, uh, Naz, but that was a great way to get the bench scoring really going. I think they only had like five bench points against Dartmouth. Um, they had over 30 um, against Harvard, and that's what you need to see. We're going to need to get a little bit more contributions from some other guys. Uh, like Rondo Sagu, and he just demonstrated what he can do for this team going forward. I think he's a dynamic player who gives you something completely different from Devontae Jordan. So I think that's a great change of pace, and I think that's something we need to keep monitoring going forward are the prog- the progress of Rondo and uh, Jonathan Williams. For sure. And, yeah, Kev, like you said, I mean, that – those first 10 minutes, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, is this Dartmouth all over again? I mean, they were just giving Har- Harvard, you know, way too many second-chance opportunities. Harvard just looked bigger, longer. I mean, I just felt like we were just getting out-rebounded, like, very early on in that half. But, you know, like you said, guys, I mean, offensively just blew them out of the water in the second half of the 48-point uh, outburst. And, I mean, UB didn't even have the, uh, the lead until late in that first half. I mean, Harvard was consistently up. UB would creep to two and three. And then once again, it was kind of like Dartmouth. They kind of, you know, pull it away a little bit. But going into the stats a little bit, looking at the starters, um, you know, one person that we were, we're kind of tracking all year is definitely going to be Jonathan Williams. Uh, finished up, finished the game with 10 points, eight boards. I thought there was times in that game where he definitely improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple sick reverse layups. Um, I love when he drives the lane, but once again, I just cringe every time he shoots a three. I mean, once again, 0 for 4 from three-point range, 5 of 16 from the floor. So, I mean, I saw Matt Bovey tweet, like, you know, unreal performances from, you know, Sagu and, G- and Jonathan, but to me, it's just, 
he's not all there yet, Kev. No, no, he's not. I mean, his field goal percentage is down 37.5 for the season, even counting in his um, pretty good performance against Naz, shooting 71% in that game. Um, but in Division One games, I mean, he's shooting under 30% between dark, the, the, the two Ivy League games. It's rough. I mean, I, I've been told from people I know inside that he makes those threes in practice. He's 0 for 4, like you said, against Harvard. 5 for 6, and you can't have as a forward. It's actually part of what got me a little bit frustrated at Perkins at times when he would go on those stretches of of, of bad field goal percentage. You have your guards for that, and that's that's really where the Dartmouth game came in, where not only was Janathan missing shots, I mean, you had the, your guards missing too. So you you can't have your forward shooting 20, 21% against Dartmouth or whatever. It just, it just, it just, you can't win with a forward like that um so it, it, it's challenging he plays with a lot of energy he's rebounding the ball pretty well right now he still is ending up with the, uh you know an average of 9.3 points right now so he's been better lately um and i still wanted to see some more minutes from nickelberry he does present a little bit on the defensive end he has struggled as well on the offensive end hardenet has been head up and down too so um, and Gabe Grant has really struggled. A guy I didn't like the little limited film I saw in Houston. He kind of showed me this offseason and um, that Damon game that maybe he – I was wrong. Um, but so far, one for seven shooting, he seems to chuck. Um, not quite this style that I th- don't think Jim Whitesell wants. He's more of a typical Mac guard who, or four guard forward wing who, sh- who sh- shoots a lot. So there's limited options. So that's why Jonathan is getting these times. And, Ty, I don't know what you've seen really – it's really an eight-man rotation, nine as with Nickelberry a little bit. I mean, with that bench really besides Zagu not playing great, what can you even do, right? Yeah, I mean, you just got to hope that you find a little bit more chemistry um, as you get a little later in the season. You're going to be able to run a little bit more things, implement more, get a little bit more of a feel for where guys are going to be, how they're going to roll off diff- in different situations. Um, so I think you'll be able to – hopefully integrate Hardnet in a little bit more, um, get in ball with some more looks in close to the rim, things like that. I think that'll help probably free up some more good sh- uh, shooting opportunities for the other guys, and then you just need them to be able to capitalize, and uh, that's how you're going to be able to step on some of these teams' throats later on in the season. So we're really going to need that, but I, I thought the defense played – you played great on the defensive side. You hold Harvard to just um, – 37% shooting and only 26% from three. Um, I th- they looked solid out there against Harvard, and I think that's going to be, you know, that's that UB sort of key thing that they have going on, part of their identity that's going to maintain from the Oates era into the Weitzel era. Uh, Weitzel uh, learned from Rick Majerus. He's going to have this uh very tenacious defensive games and style, and I th- I think that's what we're going to get out of them all season. And with the with the players on the floor, I don't know how you feel, Kevin. I love it when you got Sagu, whether he's with Johnson or Graves or any of that three guard lineup without Jonathan on the floor is what I love right now. And do you think that? I mean, I know he's supposed to be a key player this year, but do you see Jonathan being a starter come Mac play? I mean, do you think this? I mean, this is just where they have him right now. They're trying to see if they can find him and get him in, into a groove, and so and hopefully he can start in January. I just, I know from a mindset perspective too, he definitely wants to be a starter. You, you, you saw him last year, very frustrated. He thought he was going to be, you know, kind of an impact player right away. But it's almost this team. I don't know. I know there's this one guy that tweets out. 
UB stats about, you know, what their plus and minus is. But I feel like when he's off the floor and you got Sagu on the floor, it's a completely different team. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how long he can hold that job. The, what he has going for him is he's showing some improvement. Um, he's still has struggling, like we said, on the field goal percentage side of things. Um, he's doing a little bit of everything. Um, you know, he does commit turnovers at time. That's actually what, you know, I struggled with the most from him last year. He has six turnovers in the two D one game. It's too many. Um, right now, especially shooting five for 16. Um, so he's got to clean that up, but you know, the rebounds are impressive. He plays with high energy, seems to be long and lean on defense. He struggled against Dartmouth defensively. That's what really, um, set me off. He's, he seemed to gotten a little bit better there. They're just struggling to find another spot, another spot. I mean, you can get a little tiny bit smaller to Gabe Grant. I mean, he's not a lot smaller. Six six two twenty six is what Gabe Grant comes in at, um, as compared to Jonathan six five two two hundred. So really, I mean, you, you would even get a little bit bigger there with Gabe Grant. So unfortunately, Grant's not playing great. And then you know your other options, Hardnet, who Mayton could take over, a guy they really liked, convinced to come over from Cincinnati. Had a slow start to the year, um, similarly to Jonathan. So all three of those guys are really who would play that role. You roll their tie mm-hmm. and i don't know what the other two struggling a little bit as well i don't know that you move away from Jonathan. you he's your prize recruit he still is your number one ranked ub recruit um based on 24 7 ranking so i think you need to have him develop and if you have some growing pains a sophomore year i think that's for the better cause on his junior and senior year especially with the three guys that we mentioned and you know throwing nickelberry into the mix and all of a sudden you don't you know you don't really have an option so you might as well develop Jonathan. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm kind of there with you. You don't really your options are somewhat limited because these guys haven't fully integrated into this team yet. Uh Jonathan's a little bit further along as far as that's concerned. Obviously his game still isn't where you want it to be, but um his understanding of what Whitesell wants him to do, where he wants him to be, um although his shots, you know, every once in a while hit the side of the backboard and whatnot. Um he's done a good job attacking the rim. I think he's just got to have a little bit more touch when it comes to game day. Um, he puts in the work, and as long as he keeps continuing to do so, I think he's going to get some results this season. And we're going to see some games where I think he puts up over 20 points, but he just got to keep his nose down and keep working hard. And something I love to see so far, too, is Mbala. Uh, you know, didn't have the best day offensively, one for five from the uh, – from the field, but got it done from the free throw line, hitting five of six and four blocks. Obviously, is you know, yet something that UB has kind of lacked on the defensive end is having a you know big guy around the basket like that. And I think he is just going to be a force, uh, you know, comeback play. And also, it was great to see uh, just another consistent day from Graves, seven to thirteen, Johnson, seven to twelve. He is going to light it up. Uh, you know, from three this year. And Antoine Johnson, someone who, you know, I said it a couple shows ago, is going to be in serious contention to win Mac Player of the Year um, for the conference with him, you know, this being his senior season. And, you know, Kev, I don't know what you think about that, but also who do you see on the bench out of – we know Sagu is, you know, clearly one of those guys right off the bench right away who's going to make an immediate impact with his – you know, he had, he had a great day with 31 minutes. But out of Grant, Hardnett, and Nickelberry – who do you see making the biggest impact? Ah, that's a tough one. I don't like what I've seen from Grant so far in competitive games. Um, he's too shrieky. He kills the offense. 
um, between his Dartmouth and Harvard performance. I mean, he played okay against Naz, but the Dar- Dartmouth and Harvard games just are unacceptable. He played poor um, in both of those games in his 12 minutes. Um, I'm not going to go with him. Nickel Berry still to me is lost from what I've heard at practice. I mean, he's kind of showing up a little bit on the on on, on game film. He got benched. I was told against um, against Dartmouth. Um, played his first action against Naz. Um, I guess it's going to be hard in that. I mean, I think that he's really a tr- redshirt freshman and developing and has the body and the power one or power five skill set to kind of eat into those Jonathan Williams minutes. Um, so I'm going to go with Hardnett is going to be the most, you know, the biggest threat to Jonathan and be the guy off the bench that, you know, they've never quite had this type of forward depth and you're going to include Grant and Nickelberry Hardnett, you know, Brock, if he comes back, um, into this mix, you've really only had Perkins for the last couple of years. So, um, in, in Perkins and McCray, really, there's been no, no one to come in for them and it's been a struggle, but what I've seen from an Mbala guys is he's, the most talented defensive forward I've seen in, in UB in a long time. And he's adding that offensive touch and rebounding um, to go as well. He's And he can play a lot of minutes. I mean, I like his passing. I think he's a great, great player. I don't know what this team would have done if he did not get that waiver tie. So I, I'm going to go with Hardnet to play a lot of minutes, come back play. I think that's where he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, I, I think Hardnet's got to take a couple steps forward here. Um, I thought, especially against Dartmouth, he did seem a little bit lost at times. Um, they really got beat up bad on the pick and roll, and it was much worse uh, when Hardnett was out there than when Mbala was. But I think over time he'll be able to adjust. He didn't play really at all last year. Um, so, you know, coming off of a full season of no real competitive basketball, it's going to take him a little bit of time. But, yeah, I think come back play he should have, <clears throat> at least out of those three, the best chance to make an actual impact. Um, and hopefully get them to Cleveland in a high position. For sure. Now, wanted to bring up, guys, obviously, in breaking news today, uh, we found out some uh, news about Hunter Jenkins, uh, you know, UB assistant coach. Uh, you know, not sure if you guys have any insight on that, but that was kind of a shock to me. Um, you know, I thought we heard some news potentially earlier in the week or last week that, you know, he was just taking some time, personal reasons, um, should be back. But Kev found out today that he has officially resigned. Yeah, um, I had some news that they were expecting him back, and that's coming from inside the team. Um, I, to my knowledge, it wasn't a violation or anything that he fireable offense that we know of at this stage. So it was something that, you know, he wanted to be away from Buffalo or wanted to be with his, you know, somewhere in Texas. Um I don't know. He comes from that Juco line of maybe it wasn't the right fit in D1, like staying Juco for whatever reason. I mean, I guess we don't know. I would have think I would have thought you would have heard more if there was an incident or violation. Maybe not yet. Um, But, you know, according to reports, he resigned on his own after a month of of leave, which is a long time, which makes me think Whitesell was just like, hey, man, like we're going to Charleston. You know, you're going to get on, you know, come come over. You know, we're going to have to go a different way. I don't know. Maybe Coach B has another secret um, recruiter that he's going to send our way. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's, a, that, that's what we all thought. You know, Hunter was going to, you know, be that next, you know, Coach B, especially within Juco recruiting. But, yeah, we'll see what they're going to have to do. And he started strong, guys, with Freeman, who just signed a couple of days ago, and then Chance Robinson signed today. Another breaking news, Chance Robinson signed his papers. So both were, I pretty yeah. much told, were Hunters for most part, um, two, you know, three-star guys. Um, top 250s, put our, you know, top of the 
G5 recruiting right now. So, um, Ty, I don't know your thoughts on Hunter. Yeah, obviously you never really want to speculate um, when you hear that just because we don't really have too many details. Um, so it, it's tough. You don't want to – it's just you don't really want to get into uh, – open up a can of worms or anything like that. Um, you just hope for the best for them. And, yeah, you just got to move on and move forward as a program, find someone who's going to fit in and get in another coach here to help out and uh, to continue to keep growing this program because we're going to need someone else out there hitting the recruiting trails uh, to keep continuing to build on the successes that uh, this program is having these past couple years. And uh, one quick shout-out. Uh, congratulations. Lauren Good. Devonta Jordan, 11 a.m., what was it, November 18th, 2019, new baby bull into the world. Yep, yep, we got to congratulate them for sure. And uh, from what I've been told, the team flew out to Charleston today, and Devonte will be flying out tomorrow and joining them, and he should and he is expected to play Thursday night. Now, has he been catching up on UConn, Phil, we, you know, as, over the past couple of days while in the hospital? Yeah, yeah. Uh, his girlfriend's been tweeting about it. He He's uh, his head is all into the film, but now, right now, he's worried about changing diapers. He was getting the film in beforehand, um, but oh. he'll be ready to go. Uh, if you know anything about Devante, you know he's a gamer, and all he wants to do is being out there on the floor, and he'll be able to compartmentalize yep. everything and – you know, he's going to leave it all on the floor offensively, defensively, and then, you know, he'll get back to taking care of business when he's got to do it. All righty. So we're heading into the Charleston Classic. Tips off on Thursday night. You got UConn versus UB, 9 o'clock ESPNU. The other matchup on that side of the bracket is Xavier Towson. And then on the other side, we got Missouri State, Miami, Florida, St. Joe's, so, Kev, we'll start with you. Um, I don't know. What is your take so far on this UConn basketball team? It seems like they've been up and down so far to start this year. Yeah, it seems like a Danny Hurley coach team to me. They dropped a bad one to Joe's, let up 96 points um, in the campus round of this turn Charleston Classic campus game. Um, to me, don't play great defense. I watched a lot of that game. Um, they let – man, I mean, they – just really let Joe's get inside on them and, and kind of, kind of back to like kind of that Arizona UB Arizona game where, you know, their size worked against them uh, in this one. And I don't think that they're great, a great basketball team. Not I'm saying UB is going to go in there and, and, and beat them or, or, or whatever. I'm just saying that right now, I don't, I don't see them playing great. The shocking one was beating Florida by three, um, so, you know, that was a good win for them. Florida's now two and two, hasn't played great basketball, unranked again. Um, so how good of, and, and then the side note, they only beat Towson by six. Um, so I don't think that Florida Gators team is as good as they look. Um, UConn's a beatable opponent. I mean, I mean, UB needs to show its athleticism. They don't have quite the guard play, uh, offensive guard play that, UB did under under CJ Massenberg, uh, Carruthers, etc. But we're close. I mean, I, I'm going to see a lot of minutes from from Sagu. I think he's a big mitch, mismatch to this UConn team. Uh, he's going to be tough for them to to really game plan for. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. He got a lot of minutes, as you know, in Toronto. Um, he was on the floor, not Jordan. So that was interesting to me. I know Jordan had four fouls in that game, but he pretty much finished off the last six or seven minutes and had more minutes than Jordan. 
Um, so might see that style in this game too, Ty. What's I know you've done some research. I mean, I've been told um, from practice that they're really prepping for their their height. Um, UB had Skogman, um, Hardnet, and I forget who else playing on the scout team to practice for the size of UConn. So they've been fully focusing on that and, and trying to beat it with ball movement. So Ty. Um, kind of what's your thoughts? Yeah, their big thing is they're going to move the ball in and out um, because they have two dynamic guards, and that's how they're going to really try to open up that offense. Um, their main big man down low, uh, Josh Carlton, 6'11", uh, 4-5 flex guys, um, averaged nine points uh, per game last season, six rebounds. So far this season, he's averaging 13.3 points and eight rebounds. Um, he's a very efficient guy down low, but he is not by far not their most dangerous players. It's their two big name guards uh, in Christian Vital, who is a top uh, 100 recruit. Uh, he's a 6'2 senior guard. He's averaging 19.3 points so far this season, um, shooting 41% from three. So he's a dynamic guy you're going to have to shut down. I think that's going to be Devontae's matchup. And then they have um, Altariq Gilbert, who is a top 30 recruit, uh, the redshirt junior. He's six feet tall. Um, so he's he, – I hope, you know, that's where you're going to get Segu, maybe with a matchup, uh, a good matchup for him to be able to get some buckets. Uh, but Gilbert's having a good season as well, uh, 13 points, almost four assists per game, three rebounds. Um, you look at Tyler Poley, another top 100 recruit, the 6'9 junior wing, um, averaging almost 13 points as well, almost you know one and a half blocks per game. So they got a lot of dynamic players, a lot of high, uh, highly recruited guys, a lot of dynamic players who are gonna really cause some havoc against this UB defense. So if UB wants to be a, a tournament team again, this is gonna be a real proving ground, just like that Harvard game was. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, the, the first 10 minutes of that Harvard game was scary. It was just a lot of second-chance opportunities. Rebounding has been, it looks like, a, a struggle to UB this year, so it's going to be interested to see, you know, what, you know, guys like Mbala, Jeanathan, um, you know, Hardnet, you know, Grant can do matching up against these guys. And, um, you know, if you want to look ahead past UConn, uh, it definitely looks like we got the tougher side of the bracket with what potentially looks like Xavier should be able to take down Towson. Uh, looks like in the new rankings, Xavier has jumped up to 18th in the country. Uh, they are now 4-0. They have yet to play on the road and have yet to play anyone too, uh, you know, high profile. They knocked off both the Missouri's close games, Missouri and OT by five, Missouri State by three, and then Jacksonville and Siena. Um, so not a real, not not very tough non-conference matchups just yet. But uh, you know, Kev, say you know if you know UB does not knock off UConn Thursday, how, how do you feel about that Xavier matchup? That's a tough one. I think they're a legitimate team. Um, that's going to be, I think, their biggest challenge uh, in this one, 4-0, um, 28th Ken Palm. I think, to me, they're the best team in this tournament. I would like to play them in the round three or the finals, if you want to call it that. Um, so I think that'll be a really tough challenge for this team um, if they can get by UConn. And UConn, to me, is I think it's an interesting game. I, I actually thought Harvard, as we talked about, was a harder game. 
Um, you know, it's, it, I'm not saying they're going to go in there for sure win again, but I'm saying that they're not a deep team. Um, Ty went over some of their, their better players and two guard team with, and then they have a lot of size beside that. So I think it's a winnable basketball game, guys. I really think that they can win this game. Um, you know, really they need to focus on Vital and Gilbert. Uh, and obviously they have some, some good forward play from there. So we'll see what happens really to me, a four deep team with some, uh, some limited, you know, beside that rotation. So if they do take care of business, Xavier is going to be a tough challenge, um, which I don't know what they can do in back-to-back nights after a, probably a hard fought UConn game, but it would still put them in really good position to get third in this tournament, which mm-hmm. was probably a Miami game. I would think that for third place, I think they would, I, I don't know. I don't know who, Florida versus Miami would play in the other semifinals, I think. And then the um, loser would play us if we lose to Xavier. So you're either going to play Florida or my, you know, Florida, if they beat Miami in the finals of this thing, um, or you're going to play Miami. If you lose, that's on the Yukon. That's if you beat Yukon. If you lose the Yukon guys, it goes down to Towson and then probably uh, goes Missouri state. Yeah, I'll, I'll say not, uh, not, not so what you fast. want out of this tournament. Missouri state might beat Miami. When those lines come out, that might be a juicy little uh, money line play for you guys. Okay. Tybee, Tybee, what do you see that uh, UB UConn spread? Um, neutral you, court. You I think I think you got UConn probably minus five and a half, six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would I would love to bury you know the Bulls there and money line. I like both those numbers then if that's the case. I mean, you know, Kev was saying though that matchup wise. Ken Palm wise, they're pretty close, right? I mean, you saw Harvard opened up as a minus two point favorite against UB. That line then swung to UB minus one, uh, one, and then swung back the other way to Harvard minus one and a half. Yeah, when so, Bryce Aiken I don't know. Came it back, wouldn't shock yeah. me. Yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me if that spread was even closer against UConn. Hmm. So, I think so I think it's possible. I mean, Harvard's an eighty-seven, Ken Palm, Connecticut seventy-six. So. Um, I'm, yeah, I mean, if it's six, I would hammer it. I, it could be three or four on neutral floor. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like UB. I like their matchup here. I think they're going to do all they can to take this, this game. Yeah. And then I, I it's just going to be so tough to play Xavier in the next, in the next round of this thing. And then Ty, like you said, hopefully there's some upsets. Um, Missouri State over Miami. Um, Missouri State's always been a good, you know, solid mid-major team. And then Joe's honestly is 199 Ken Palm. He, they're the worst team in this, but they did beat UConn. So That's insane. Um, what a major point. Yeah. That was that was in stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Yep. They beat them, put up 96 points. UConn is to kind of wrap their numbers up. They're 299th in assists, so they don't share the ball particularly well. Um, they rebound okay, 60th in the country at 42, and 264th in points allowed, 74 points allowed um, for them. Um, and that's playing, you know, that's with one game against Sacred Heart baked in there. So they let up a lot of points. Yeah. Um, they gave up uh, 54 points just in the first half to St. Joe's, and that's a game where your best player, Christian Vitale, had to put up 26 points and 16 rebounds, and you get a loss at home. That's obviously not what you want if you're Danny Hurley, but uh, we've seen that UB had no problem with the other Hurley. Let's dispose of Danny. Oh, I'm thinking the same thing. Let's knock off both Hurleys. I'm fired up for Thursday night, 9 o'clock ESPNU. I couldn't be more excited, guys. This game is going to be great. Yeah, um, so it's gonna, it should be it should be a fun weekend in Charleston. I'm definitely regretting not going. 
Um, you know, I almost I the, almost uh, bought a flight. I, oh, I I was so close because my aunt and uncle live right down there, and I could have got one yeah, for like I'm, 170. I found one like last second, and I didn't oh, because I had to I had to yeah. work and like with the game being at nine and I have th- or Friday and st- like it just almost worked out perfectly, but not well enough. Yeah. yeah, and like looking back, the only reason why I didn't really go because like the Bills have Denver at home on Sunday, but now I'm like Jesus. I'd much rather be in Charleston. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> enjoying a fun tournament like that. But, I mean, after that, I mean, you pretty much got a week off. You got an easy game at home against William and Mary, and then you take on, you know, two teams, non-conference, at Vanderbilt and at DePaul. So uh, it's, it should be, uh, you know, some big games after that. So potentially if we can sneak away here, go 2-1, and one, knock oh. off a of UConn. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got some winnable non-conference games coming up after this weekend. So, We'll see what happens, guys. We got score predictions on that. I mean, DePaul turns into a hard game all of a sudden. Um, they look pretty good, but let's. I guess let's just get some quick score predictions on this one. Uh, yeah, let's get some. Yeah, let's get UBU gone. Let's start with. Uh, Kevin, let's start with you first. I like them in this game. I don't know if I'm crazy. I said Harvard was a harder game, so I can't go and watch the team beat Harvard and then go and say they're going to lose to UConn. That would be goofy. I think they're a four-man team. I've said it. I don't like what they have beside their four players. I mean, they have Acock. Um, if is that how you say it? I know he's a freshman from Manchester, New Hampshire, but I think it's Acock, Acock, right? It's it's a it's Acock. Yeah, okay. I was just making sure. Yeah, I wasn't mispronouncing that. Um, he is all name team. <laughs> all but name not team. the all Mac all he, name team. Unfortunately, we'll get into that later. Don't worry. Oh, we have some good ones. Um, he is their fifth player. I, he's developing as a freshman. I think I, I don't. I think they're limited. I think UB matches up really well with them. I have. I'm. I love the over again due to the points that are going to be scored by both teams. I like UB 84, Connecticut 80. Okay. Yeah, I think the Bulls are going to not have too much problems putting up points. I think you got to try to keep UConn under 80 for sure. If you keep them under 75, I think you win this game. Um, give me yep. Bulls 75-72. Kev, you've sold me on this matchup, honestly. Uh, just after what you said today, uh, after seeing what UB did against Harvard, I mean, you just need you know two or three of those Bulls guards out of those four to go off. Yeah. And you know, as long as Imbal and Hardnet can you know play well against Carlton down low, um, you know, I see a Bulls win as well against UConn. I'd say I'll go Bulls seventy-eight, UConn seventy-one. Uh, I expect some point. I mean, if, if, if you give up what ninety six to St. Joe's, come on. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 you know, I, I love the Bulls on Thursday night. Uh, should be we'll have a nice little watch party here at uh, Studio D for those that can make it. But yeah, should be a fun tournament, and we'll be back with a show probably. You know, recapping that uh, tournament early next week. I look forward to it, guys. I'm really looking forward to this game. And like, they just, they're just, just, just consider them no bench UConn because that's what they are for a Power Five team. They don't have a bench, um, so we need to get into that. Maybe bang some bodies, get some bodies into foul. You know, foul Trevor Pauly gets into tr- uh, trouble a lot. So it's going to be a good one, Ty. I'm, I'm really excited for this, um, this matchup, and hopefully at least two and one and getting that third place. Yeah, it's exciting yep. now that we're getting some real good basketball games. Uh, and just year after year now that we have so much excitement in the winter with the Sabres sort of letting us down over and over again. So it's great to have the men's team and the women's team looking so good right now. And let's hope it continues. I think they got a good chance to really, you know, put up 
some good wins against some big name programs to get even in, in front of some more recruits. It's always a good chance, um, especially when you're yep. playing on ESPNU uh, to get some more eyes on the program and you know sh- shine some good light on what what we're doing here at uh, UB with everything. All right, folks. Thank you to our show sponsor, Wester Automotive. Bye from Bunt. Bye from Bunt. Beat another Hurley. Beat Toledo tomorrow night. Good night now.